is the Sluggo. Slant and go. got it to work in episode 64 we went straight to these three beautiful faces i'm marty coleman kyle texas which way i do casey the beef cregan defusky island south carolina way over there zach locks parker from pooler georgia it's episode 64 of the sluggo show fellas we're here to talk about college football but before that Tell me what happened in your week. I've got a stressed out wife and a sick kid, but, you know, that's kind of typical these days. So, Beef, how was your week? I hope it's better than mine. Is there anything worse than that, Marty? I mean, you literally hit the, uh, if there was a trifecta or a difecta or whatever, dufecta, you've hit it, man. Wow. Uh, things are looking up here other than rain in the, in the southeast here. Uh, but it's fun to be back in the south, I'll tell you what. Well, I was going to say I did hit the trifecta. I had six meetings on Monday, <laughs> uh, and uh, I think five and two thirds of them there were crappy. So, uh, <laughs> so that is uh, I'm the meeting guy these last couple of weeks. It's been uh, really tough. Locks, what's happening? I uh, heard you hit some golf balls today, so you're having obviously a better day than I am. Yeah, that was that was pretty much the highlight of the week so far. I uh, went went and hit the range at lunch. Got a big tournament coming up this weekend. Hopefully, if we can get in, but it's pouring rain here too. Had the Wi-Fi go out the other night. Had the power go out. First time in six years that I've lived oh. in this house. Power went out. We didn't know what to do with ourselves around here. But yeah, the kids have been going crazy. Yeah, I mean, y'all know, no Wi-Fi. No one knows what to do with themselves. So <laughs> it, it's, it is amazing how dependent you become on that Wi-Fi and and. Uh, the kid, man, if it's out like oh. 10 minutes, he's asking me like four times. Yeah. <laughs> Could you reboot it, Dad? Could you reboot it? Could you reboot it? And the, the, the sad truth is, like, my kids probably know more about it and how to fix it than I do, but I'm the one that they come running to. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you know? It's funny you mention that. Kev Brown checks in. Uh, he only talks to Beef and uh, wants to get a rolling. Beef's personal fan. Hey, Kev Brown from Coach South Carolina. We appreciate you. Always join the show. Yeah, uh, same thing the other day. Uh, same thing happens to me at the Wi-Fi locks, except the other day, Parker tells me, Dad, when the Wi-Fi went out, I I um, I used a hotspot. And I said, well, how in the heck? I didn't have no clue how to do the hotspot <laughs> hot thing, and he did. He knew exactly what to do. That's good. So, yeah. So, so when I'm in the old folks' home, he can come uh, hook me up with a hot spot. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's my joke uh, lately. Is the old folks' home because I'm starting to get the uh, the flyers in the mail about the senior, <laughs> the, the senior uh, the senior homes or whatever they call them now these days. Yeah. Hey guys, I, I've got a hot take on college football uh, playoff. It seemed like it was just three weeks ago that we were. Oh, having to put 12 – we had to expand the playoff because of Clemson, Oklahoma – I mean, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama dominance. And now Clemson can't find the end zone uh, for anything. Ohio State barely holds on to to beat – well, they didn't beat Oregon, but 
barely hold on again. Who did they even play? Is it Tulsa, I think? Toledo. Uh, Toledo. No, Toledo was Notre Dame. It was Tulsa. It was Tulsa. Tulsa. Sorry. Starts One of those T schools. I thought but it was anyway, we were going to change the entire playoff structure yeah. because these three teams were dominating the sport. And as the old dude on the panel here, I want to say, how about chill out, young folks? You know, I know you're 20 years old and you can't look past three days to see the history of this sport is it runs in cycles, right? Clemson was good in the 80s, then went 20 years of mediocre football. Breaking news, Alabama wasn't always great. Now, Ohio State's been up there for a while, but they've only been in the playoff four times out of the seven years, I say only. But the point is, we're changing the whole sport. And then three weeks later, Clemson sucks, Ohio State's not as good, and Alabama's not as dominant because it didn't beat somebody by 50. The reaction the reactionary nature of college football fans is driving this old dude crazy. And the whiplash of Alabama being the greatest team ever when they beat Miami, then two weeks later they have a game and it's like, well, they're not really that good. You know, there's no dominant teams. It's crazy. I mean, it just, like I said, it's like whiplash. Now you turn around tomorrow or Saturday and maybe Clemson scores 30, um, you know, maybe. And, <laughs> Everybody says, well, Clemson's back and they might be number one come Monday. I just just have some, you know, some uh, – what's the word we use, uh, Beef? Um, some self-awareness of yeah. if you haven't made the playoff in five years, it's not the end of the world. Don't advocate for changing the entire sport. And the ironic thing about the whole thing is if you change it to 12, Clemson will probably get in this year. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> They're changing it to 12 to have different teams. Somebody, and there were a few people that pointed out that out preseason that, you know, if you put 12, it's not going to take Clemson, Alabama, or Ohio State out. It's going to add lesser teams in general. So, anyway, that's my thought. Locks, the floor is yours. I agree. <laughs> I've, never been a, I've never been a big 12-team uh, guy myself. I've been more like a – maybe to a six or eight on the high side. Uh, I did just see today that they're supposed to be voting on that next weekend, maybe, um, or at least start discussion, discussing it. They have tabled that, uh, and they're going to be talking and negotiating more on it. So they've pushed it out. And I don't know if, if what you're talking about, Marty, of just these first three weeks is anything to do with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been more of a, you know, give a buy to the top two teams and – you know, why dump it all into 12? It just right off the rip, you know. You could revise it again, you know, to do six, then maybe eight, ten, whatever, you know. Why why all we go all go up to 12? I, I just think it's a little jumping the shark, as they say. Yeah, I think I my personal take, and I, I see your shark there, Locks, but my personal take is they put it at 12 because that's what the SEC wanted to get I mean, six. The six teams in probably. Right. That, that's what I believe. They that's the only reason it's twelve. They knew right. they were going to add Oklahoma and Texas. So let's cram a couple more teams in there. But that's the cynic in me, and the other cynic in me is just what you mentioned. Magically, after Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State aren't dominant, they table the talk of twelve now. Mm-hmm. Um, what a coincidence! Just amazing. Beef. What do you think, Beef? Yeah, I, I think the your original 
point there about being patient is is something that we just as a as a society have have tabled if you will uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone is patient anymore and you know I wrote an article for seldom News reserve that published today and it, it's basically talk, calling out the Clemson fan base being being um, very spoiled and and Alabama fans are, are very spoiled and Ohio State fans so it doesn't just it's not just Clemson uh, the fan base being spoiled I think they're all spoiled because because they of this success. So uh, to kind of shift towards this guy's um, about the 12, you know, we've had many conversations on Chopping Beef. Uh, this is one of my, our co-host JJ's big things is that it's boring. College football is boring because it's the same three, three teams and then enter a, a slaughter, um, a, a fourth team to get slaughtered. So uh, it, it, it's, it's funny how with Clemson being at the top of the mountain, how everything now is become cyclical and we're seeing it. However, we're at week three. Um, there's nine more weeks. There's been a lot of chaos already this season, and I don't expect that to stop. So the hope is, as Clemson fans that, that I am, the hope is Clemson gets them, their self together and they can you know, be in the conversation again for a playoff. But as far as 12 teams, you're right, Marty, that – Clemson would get in right now, right, based on the, their yeah. ranking, even though they keep falling when they win, um, and which is another pet peeve of mine. But that's another story for another day because I love <laughs> ranking. Uh, but, yeah, I think patience is, is the key word, and, and I don't think the society that we live in now has any patience, and I think this season is going to be close to, if not better than 2007, chaos. Yeah, it, it it is it is. There is no patience. College football did not start people in two thousand and fourteen. Whatever the playoff 14. started, it yeah. was here long before then, and uh, it's, it amazes me. And, and and you know maybe this is easy to say as a Clemson fan who's been in the playoff all except for that first year, and we're getting a little bit of taste of what it's like. And I was thinking today, I wonder what those that that end of. Uh, well, heck, maybe even the ACC championship game week if Clemson's not in there, and then from there to the playoff, if Clemson's not in the playoff, what the heck am I going to do uh, <laughs> over Christmas break if Clemson's not in the playoff? But that's kind of the reality, and that's a perfect segue into talking about Clemson and Georgia Tech game, which locks when you join. Casey and I were had a little uh, pre-show discussion about that game and how absolutely unwatchable it was uh, from the announcers to the, to the performance on the field, to the uh, delays, uh, to just the whole, you know, again, the performance was the overriding factor. If they were scoring touchdowns, I don't care about a two hour halftime, but when they're punting and, you know, missing the wide open receivers by 15 yards and failing on fourth and twos. And it was just a, it was a game like we have not seen as Clemson fans in a long, long time. Um, I saw your setup. You had you had uh, Alabama on one channel, Alabama and Florida, which obviously don't blame me for. <laughs> I haven't seen the Clemson game, and you had Clemson on the other channel. What's your takeaway from Clemson Georgia Tech? We'll get to Bama UF in just a minute. Well, I was I was thrilled uh, that the University of Florida saved the afternoon. Uh, by coming back because it was 21 to three in that game. And I was like, okay, now what are we going to do? And then there's a lightning delay. And I'm like, 
now what are we going to do? Uh, what's on TV? Um, but yeah, the Clemson uh, game, while great that we held them to no offensive touchdowns and eight points, uh, we won by six. Uh, that's just not ideal. It really isn't. And it's, it's underwhelming at best. Um, I'm in full panic mode. I really am. Uh, I, I just, I don't understand. It's a full cyclical situation between Tony Elliott, uh, DJ and the offensive line, you know, and it all stems from the offensive line. And then Elliott can't call a play more than 10 to 12 yards down the field because he doesn't trust DJ to throw a pass that's not at 160 miles an hour as receivers. Uh, I mean, even when he threw it out of bounds a couple of times, it was almost going into the stands. It was, he just throws it so hard. It's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if the two of them need to go to lunch uh, and, and get on the same page. It just seems crazy. There's a trust issue going on, I think, you know, and, and, and it stems back to the offensive line. The guy has some time back there. He has, Happy feet, as I've, I've termed it before, but I mean, it has to be an awful feeling when you have a team like Georgia Tech that's not really known for their pass rush, still getting to, into the backfield quickly. Uh, and I, I just, with I three. think, what's that? With rushing three. With rushing three, again, yeah. One thing versus University of Georgia, which is one of the best defensive lines in the nation. Uh, I, I just think we're really really going to have a tough time this past this next weekend uh, with a head coach at NC State that does not like Clemson University at all or Dabo Sweeney. He will be ready to put it to us if the opportunity arises. So I don't know what's going to happen in one week. Uh, I hope they can get it together. The, all the tools are out there except for the offensive line. You know, it, it you got great, great players on this team. It just needs to come together somehow. I, I just don't know how and why it's taking so long. It's making me sad. I think it's making us all sad. John Chancey says the delay made me drink two hours longer than I planned. <laughs> it was brutal. Uh, yes, me too, John. But I was home. Uh, you were out earning badges, I think. I, I, was sitting, I was sitting at home. So, Casey, I'll let you chime in. But I want to say something first. I want to ask both you and Locks a question. Is it that he doesn't trust DJ or he doesn't want DJ to get killed by a defensive lineman that comes in unblocked and blindsides him? Or maybe it's a combination of both. Beef? Yeah, I, I think that I don't think there's a trust issue at all. I think he's the guy. I think if there was a trust issue, we would be seeing number seven behind center or even number 15. You know, we may even see Hunter Helms and Tyson Pumachan back there rather than DJ. I think. I think the trust of him is there, you know, and I'm not the guy that's going to go throwing stones at the offensive line, but, but some of it's glaring even to someone who doesn't know offensive line play. I mean, I'll tell him myself, I, I watch, I watch the action and not, so I'm not really watching the offensive line too much unless it's a running play and they're going off tackle. Um, now I do think I know the game, but I just, I don't pay attention too much to that. I, I'm a ball follower. Uh, I, I think, that, you know, the offensive line, I think the skill is there. I think I, I just don't know why they're not meshing uh, at all. And to go back to the game for a quick second, it was, I was telling you before the show, Marty, it was unwatchable for me. I was having a real hard time. And I was texting you guys about the commercials. I'm sure it was no more commercials than it normally is. Yeah. It just felt like it was so disjointed. 
It yeah. was it was so just it wasn't like it had no flow to it. And then have Bob with shoes and not even know where he is half the time. And then Dan, Dan Arlovsky calling the Georgia Tech quarterback TJ Yates, who played at North Carolina, he didn't even play at Georgia Tech. And he's calling him. He's saying he's having a wonderful game. And the guy's literally done nothing. It was three and out city for Georgia Tech. Uh, like I, I, I know they were trying to instill some excitement in a game. I never felt as a Clemson fan that the game was even in doubt. But yet the scoreline made it seem like it was in doubt. Uh, I could have been completely wrong and, and obviously proven wrong towards the end if had they scored and then got that, that fumble that Shipley um, in the end zone was was like, come on, can we end this? My father-in-law is yelling at the screen. Uh, this game's not over yet. I'm like, I know. But, yeah, I, I don't know what the issue is. And, and I, I said in my article, too, I, I'm not smart enough to know what the issue is. I think I know. That it's obviously something. What I know is that something's not working. It's not working because what we're used to is up twenty eight, thirty five, nothing, thirty five seven at halftime, and you're just the second half. It doesn't matter. You could just have a spurtle commercial for thirty minutes, and I'm still going to watch till the end. So, uh, you know, God, we'll see later on. I have faith that they're going to to pull something together, but I just don't know how. You know, uh, you were talking about all the about Bob Lashusen, but the thing that I took away from this game was we're going to step away for a moment. I, if I heard that one time, I heard that. that sounds like what I say when I'm fighting with my wife, right? I'm going to step away for a moment. He, Did you hear Orlovsky one time? A guy got yeah. hurt, and he literally hot mic. He was like, "Why are we going to commercial again?" Again, <laughs> to pay your salary. Remember, I texted you guys yeah. at the end. That's right. To pay your salary. Anthony Weeks chimes in, says the offensive line is not the only problem. The quarterback and running back is a problem, too. I, I think DJ has not played well, that's for sure. But I think Shipley's running back one, and he should be on the field a lot more. I like Kobe Pace, um, but I think Shipley's the dynamic one out of the running backs. Would be for you agree with that or disagree? Or Yeah, I do. And and I, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep, I just wrote the thing, so it's it's fresh in my mind. But I really think it's, a, it's an outlet issue. I, I don't think that there is a guy right now, and I don't know if Shipley's that guy eventually or if it's a tight end. There's no Amari Rogers. There's no, um, there's, there's no Hunter Renfro. There's no like, oh crap, it's everything's crumbling around me. Dump it off to 13, who's going to scatter for seven, eight, nine yards or carry a game cock down the field. But there's no one that has really come come out yet. And, and I even mentioned that I think it's, it could be a tight end. Um, where's the, where are the hot routes? You know, where's the, if something happens over here, you know, cut your, cut your root off. I, I just, I, I don't know. I think, I think there's a lot of issues, but the talent is obviously there. Yeah, and so if something's got to give, we were that's, hearing all summer long how good they were going to be. Go ahead. That's that's what I was going to say is, you know, I'm not seeing a, a receiver, uh, a five-yard out, you know, outlet, seeing they're wide open or even covered. It, it's like that's not in the play call. or, or I, And it used to be. You know, there was always someone underneath or, like you said, an outlet or a, re, or a running back. ETN. You know, someone, someone out there just to throw it at, you know, in, even – just to get rid of the ball, but I'm not seeing that in the play calls either. And it's, it's just really strange. It's just, it's, it's very disjointed. Like you said, um, you know, and what, what John Chancey just wrote here too, Davo said it too. They, 
Georgia Tech did something completely different than what they had on film with them, dropped eight like this. What Georgia Tech did, just like uh, which happened with uh, Minnesota, with uh, Ohio State, they laid a blueprint out of how you can keep it close and beat Clemson. Just like Ohio State got beat, you run right up the gut against them, and that's what Oregon did. Drop eight, make us make us run the ball, you know. Uh, make the offensive line. Make the offensive line compete, and and you can you can get in there and, and get to the quarterback, and then he's just going to throw it up for grabs. So, I, I, you know, it's it's it was surprising to me that Georgia Tech was the team that's laying the blueprint like this. Well, I this think early. Georgia. I think Georgia did, and Georgia, Georgia Tech have. kind of tinkered it to what yeah. the, the position, the Joes that they had, because it comes down. It's not the X's and the O's. It's the Jimmys and the Joes. Sure, I think it was. You know, they tinkered to what they had, and. Yeah, it, it worked. It surprised, it surprised the coaches, obviously. You know, uh, it, I just hope some some real work got put in this week. We we shall see. That, that you know that that Dabo quote and and what Locke's referring to, John Sancy uh, commented when the D can send three rushers and drop eight. The long balls are likely to have two defenders all over the receiver. That yeah, that that happened obviously. But the depressing thing was Dabo's comment about we. You know, we weren't expecting that. And I get that. But you had a two-hour halftime. <laughs> what were you doing? Looking Change. at Spurtle's commercials? I, I just – I don't understand. I, I really disappoint the coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff and the head coach, not the defense because they look fantastic. Yeah. They spent well, the one, afternoon in the back. One more thing, Marty, I just want to put out there and, and see if even John or any one of the uh, commenters ha- can back me up or refute me, whatever – but after the the one dominant drive that they had in the first half, where the offensive line actually looked pretty good, was when Will it was Will Shipley show. It was, mm-hmm. it was it's when they scored the touchdown. Yeah, Shipley scored the touchdown. The next drive they come out, you kind of have a little bit of momentum. You actually instilled your will on the offensive front, and you had a bruising running back. You had time to rest them in between series and ninety four commercial breaks, and the next offensive series. <clears throat> no offense to Kobe Pace, but he's back out there. And they're trying to run similar plays, and he's a different back. And it went three and out. In my mind, I'm thinking, why not? Why did they not just run Shipley back out there for at least the first couple? Set the tone again. Start yeah. it again. Bruise the first two plays, pull them out. Pace comes in on third down. Whatever. But, like, it was the participation medal show. It was – Okay, next running backs in for the next series. Hey, you sit for this one, and then Johnny's going to play the next one. <laughs> it was like Little League because Little League every yeah. has to play. That's how it felt, and it was just like you you go up another score, you have another drive like you did with Shipley that first time, and you have it again the second time. You're up fourteen nothing. The rest of the game doesn't matter. Yes, we want Clemson to score more, but the rest of the game doesn't matter. You're up two scores. It's it seemed like thirty at that point. Yeah. But but case that's that's Dabo's selling point, right? Everybody plays. He he deserves to play, and that's fine. And Dan, I get it. If you're up twenty one, he can play all <laughs> the, the, the snaps you want him to. All the all the Sweeney's and Herb Streets and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the Sweeney's, Herb Streets, Batsons, and and whoever else. Yeah, um, I don't know. Just just an ugly, weird, crazy game. And as you said, case the lightning delay delays did not help whatsoever for the flow of the game. All right, Locks, we're gonna we're gonna move past Clemson and Georgia Tech. We're gonna talk your specialty here. SEC, you got you've been there, you got the t-shirt. 
Bama and Florida. Your takeaway, Florida good, Bama not as good as everybody thought. What's your takeaway from this SEC bash last Saturday afternoon? It was, like I said earlier, 21-3, holy cow, here we go. Bama just going to slit their throat in the first quarter. And they took the, you know, the the foot off the gas. It was it was crazy. And and I would not want to be on that practice uh, squad this week uh, for, for Alabama. Uh, he, I'm sure Saban was putting a hurting on everybody. Uh, they became undisciplined in the second half. And... Lots of penalties, uh, too many men on the field, uh, jump off sides, and Florida seized the opportunity, uh, and which is really not a huge surprise. But Dan Mullins, your your coach, I, you know, really good offensive coach. Uh, it, it came down to this last play, which is just so confusing. Um, they had time to call a good play to tie this thing up for the two point conversion, and to play follow the leader into the middle of the off off offensive line into Alabama's defensive line, it just blew my mind. I don't know why you don't just try and stretch the field out um, and find a hole. It, it was really disappointing, and I'm sure Mullen is going to kick himself for the, the rest of the season until they play again. Uh, Florida-Georgia is now a serious, serious game. Uh, I'll tell you, all the Georgia folks around here were not thinking that going into uh, this, this past weekend, you know, when Florida played Alabama. So that's going to be a a hard-hitting match with a, an offensive team and a defensive team playing each other. Something's going to have to give. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. SEC's back, baby. They saved the weekend. <laughs> I didn't know they'd ever go anywhere. Yeah, you, yeah. you couldn't tell it by the coverage. Hey, um, <laughs> I didn't see much of this game because it was 21-3 to while the Clemson game was still interesting for the first 10 minutes. Uh, Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech for the first 10 minutes. So it was 21-3, to and I stopped really paying attention till the very end, of course, because uh, Clemson was in there two hour two hour halftime, uh, and I thought I you know, but again, as I said in my preamble, is that instead of Alabama being great, now Alabama's not so great, and Florida's great. I just it's hard to keep up with all the great teams in the SEC. Beef, and I say that sarcastically. <laughs> beef, beef. What was your take on Bama and uh, University of Florida? Yeah, Florida lost a whole bunch of talent, so we thought that they were going to have a, a down year. But I think I was in our group chat, our, our pre pre show meeting. That's what I call our, our group text, saying that the, the game was over at twenty one three. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't even competitive. It was not even worth. I feel watching. like I copied that and sent it back about an hour later. Yeah. You did, and, and I actually ended up turning on the end of the game because once again, my father in law was yelling at the screen, but he was saying in a good way for how, how good a game it was. So we watched that the end of that game. It was exciting. You're right, and I think Florida is good. Uh, I just don't know. Yeah, it's the overreaction central going on here. I, I, I'm not sure. I think they took advantage, but they definitely owned both lines of scrimmage in that game. Yeah. And it was said a couple times by the color guy. Um, and that's that doesn't how many when's the last time you saw that happen? I'm not even sure when LSU beat them that they actually owned one. They owned one side of the line of scrimmage. They didn't own the other because that game was like 464 to 462 or something. They both offensive scored offenses scored. Uh, but it really showed that uh, the Florida is a team that, that may be pretty good. I know we're in week three yeah. again, and they may stumble. But like you, Locks, I always like that um, largest outdoor cocktail pa- party. Uh, you can't call it. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it this year. 
you know, uh, I would, when you talked about the text, uh, when it was 21 to three, I was reminded of Locke's other text, uh, that Cincinnati was getting run out. No. Of the <laughs> uh, since it, I was in the movies, right? I told you guys I'm going to the movies. They were getting run out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> the seven nothing. I was they, wrong a they, lot this week. <laughs> <laughs> they were allowed back into the building, and uh, a lot of a lot of mistakes on you guys is on the chopping bees favorite quarterback. And all of a sudden, Cincinnati had a 14 point win in a in a game. I don't know if they they had any business winning, but certainly not winning by 14 points. Indiana had the ball down a couple times, had a couple drives, shot themselves in the foot early, and they were up, and they scored very simply and then drove down the field again and picked up a fumble. And it was like, it just, I'm watching the game going, wow, Notre Dame's going to steamroll Cincinnati. And then I left at the end of that game going, wow, Cincinnati's going to steamroll Notre Dame. So (laughs) uh, there you go, pal. There's your minute. Yeah, 30 seconds. Uh, John Chancy says, and Locks will let you chime in here. Is the SEC East better than the West? I think it's a dead heat right now, honestly. You don't think? <laughs> I was going to say Chancy drinks a lot, but I don't know. <laughs> I'd say, you know, Alabama is great, but if you South Carolina, go, if you, go, you go top to bottom. I mean, who else in the West? Arkansas, They're, Ole Miss, A and M. That's going to work itself out next week. A&M? I don't think Arkansas. But yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I don't know. Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas. Any any division with South Carolina. Right. I feel like the East is two teams. Where's Vanderbilt yeah. at? Is there the East? They're in the East. Yeah. yeah, South Carolina Vanderbilt are two of the Tennessee. seven teams. Yeah. Anyway. Kentucky, Missouri. Other games. LSU. Other games. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You might, you might be right, Vox. You might be right. right. Uh, but I don't like to do that here on the show. <laughs> or anyway, for that matter. <laughs> Other games of note, UCLA lost to Fresno State. Oklahoma struggled again. I'm hearing rumors Spencer Rattler may be second team soon. So the two guys I voted on for Heisman, DJ struggling, Spencer Rattler may be benched for a guy who's played like nine snaps as Oklahoma Caleb Williams, Nebraska. Ohio State and Notre Dame also struggled again. Seems like all of the top teams struggled, even Bama. Usually, you know, the other teams have struggled the first two weeks and Bama's crushed somebody. But everybody struggled this week. And Beef may be right. It may be just a crazy season. It could be, uh, what's the 2007-ish, right? It could be uh, that famous year where there are crazy upsets um, every week. Uh, any take on any of those games, uh, Beef? Let's go with you first this time. Yeah, I just I think it's if I can step back as, and be an impartial fan, which is pretty hard to do. I think it's <laughs> awesome. I, I think it's great for college football. It's fantastic that these teams aren't. I wouldn't even say the word struggling, even though that's the right word. I would say it's just fun that that it's, it almost feels like there might be starting to become a little bit of parity across the nation. I think it's great, but it's fun to see UCLA. Come back to earth. They were so highly touted after they won their first couple games against bigger name teams. And then they lose to Fresno State. A tough Fresno State team. They're always tough. They were Boise State before Boise State was Boise State. Um, but yeah, it was, what a great weekend. It was a lot of fun. There were there were good games all over the map. I, I enjoyed it. And, I, and I'm looking forward to Saturday. It was a uh, great, great weekend of college football, other than the six-hour window of the Clemson-Georgia Tech game. It seemed yeah, like yeah. it lasted forever. Locks, anything, takeaways from the other games uh, yeah. of the past week? 
I mean, you know, week one, not week zero, remember, uh, but week one, we knew was going to be great. There's a great, great matchups across the board. Week two and week three didn't, you know, there were some highlights, you'd think, but there's a, been a lot of sneaky games that have been great to watch. And and I find myself just bouncing around watching everything, not not just Clemson, not just the SEC. I've been watching everything. I've been watching a lot of Big Ten. I've been, a lot, I've been watching a lot of noon football. I used to usually not turn in, turn on football until about 3.30 on CBS. That- that Auburn-Penn um, State game was great. It was good. It was very good, entertaining, yeah, and, and, and competitive, too. So uh, maybe the Big Ten's decent, you know? Leave, uh, Iowa? Maybe. State? Who else? Michi- Michigan State beat, Michigan beat State, Miami. Yeah, beat Miami. Yeah, anybody can be an ACC team. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's just kind of – it's fun to watch some other conferences. It's, it's always different styles of football. Um, uh, Oklahoma, I, I just got to throw it out there, the best catch I've ever seen. Ever was the defender <laughs> with the interception, the the mindfulness to rotate while in midair after catching it with his left hand and keep it so the ball doesn't pop out. And then Lincoln Riley just with the worst quote ever, saying that he was thinking about challenging it because it was fourth down and they actually lost yardage with the interception. I, you know, get out of here, shut up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Spencer Rattler thing, I. Very underwhelming. I don't know what, like you're saying, you probably know more than we do. The kid behind him, he must be pretty good if they're really talking like this. I don't know. Five-star five from Maryland named Caleb Williams. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rattler, why not? <laughs> Go with the hot hand. He's just really been underwhelming so far, and I, I don't know why that is. We, he, he should be much better than he is, you'd think, so far, but just really not putting up the points. Yeah, I, I heard uh, Bud Elliott uh, say that – that whole class of quarterbacks has did not impress him. Now it's easy to say now, but he right. said they're not. And in that class was DJ and Spencer Rattler and Bryce Young else. from Alabama. Was it, Bryce, was it Bryce Young? He said the whole class was not on the uh, not equivalent to the uh, Trevor and 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 uh, whoever uh, else was Ohio, Ohio State quarterback. Fields, Fields yeah. Fields and Trevor, and then, and that makes sense now. Uh, I didn't hear him say this before the season started. But, <laughs> you know, he's saying it now. So maybe maybe they, they just haven't impressed this year. They're not on the same level. Remember, Trevor walked in there his second game at, at, at A&M and you know, threw a touchdown to T. Higgins on the first uh, his first throw. Of course, a lot of that was T. Higgins. But the point is still that, that Trevor came right out of the box and, and uh, while um, Kirby held back um, – uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Why can't I remember his name? Oh, I know why, because I'm trying to have not have nightmares from last uh, <laughs> January. But anyway, uh, Kirby held back Justin Fields, but once he got to Ohio State and got to play, obviously the talent came back. Okay, fellas, it is time. I don't think you could have done any worse if you tried. Oh, I took that as a victory. These yeah, guys weren't doing research, so why should I? Beef, you stink the most. A true believer in what they're doing in North Carolina. That's why I'm picking Virginia Tech, Tennessee. I love Spencer Rattler. I agree with Marty. I don't like this. Look, you smell it in the back door cover. All right. I am still loving Spencer Rattler, but I'm thinking I'm going to have to change that. Uh, <laughs> Dump it over. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to change that a little bit. Let me pull up the standings here. I'm happy to do this. Locks asked me last week to make it bigger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> and uh, No, this is the same size. Uh, Locks lost, uh, what is that, 610 or 510? Uh, yeah. Last week with a one and two record, 
Casey lost 709 and a half with a one and two record. I had a good week. And um, as I texted you guys, I was very, very close to being 0 2 because I bet on that Cincinnati team. And I got that tech calls in the movies saying that um, uh, Cincinnati, no way they were going to win. But luckily, Cincinnati pulled it out. Then the most obvious pick of the week was Miami losing to uh, Michigan State. As long as Manny Diaz is at the helm in Coral Gables or Miami Gardens or wherever they are this week, there's always a chance Miami's going to lose. And then – I just barely squeaked by on that Clemson, Georgia Tech, under a 52. Um, I had that sewn up early, early in that ballgame. At least that was my belief. So I got a little bit of a lead here, and I'm going to go first in this week's picks. And first out of the gate, uh, I did not do this because of when the games are played, but I struggled to find a third game. (laughs) Uh, And I did and it was a choice, right? It was a choice between Texas, we all did. Texas and Texas Tech, which I was waiting for it to get to a certain number. I was almost pulled the trigger on Texas minus eight and a half, I think it was. But then I realized that that game is an early game. Uh, and it's not only an early game like where you guys are at noon. They will be playing that puppy at 11 a.m. local time. Wow. And I expect Texas to sleep through about three quarters and it's almost <laughs> by seven. So – Long-winded story to say I'm off Texas. I saw this Appalachian State. I'm going to take them minus 290 on the money line. Uh, It's a little weird line. Uh, You don't usually see minus 290 for a seven-point game. I think it's up to seven and a half now. But anyway, Appalachian State minus 290, and I am going to put a whopping 580 sluggo bucks on that puppy. Just uh, That was just my third you know, I just couldn't find a, couldn't find a better one to pick. So, uh, five hundred eighty bucks on Appalachian State minus two ninety. That'll return two hundred if I win. And Locks, you're in second place. Your first pick. I am. Uh, I did some heavy analysis, some inner looking, and uh, realized that I've taken four over under bets uh, in three weeks, and I've gotten all of them right. Uh, so we will stick to that plan this week since I could not find a game that I loved with a favorite. So my first one's going to be uh, the toilet bowl uh, of Duke versus Kansas. Uh, <laughs> and just think, I feel bad for taking Appalachian State. <laughs> oh, I'm not done yet, Marty. This is, okay. uh, this is his marquee game. Compared this, to is, this, is, this is my most relevant uh of those on my board pick, uh, the toilet bowl. Uh, I, as I've said before, Kansas uh, is the second to wor- second worst team in the nation because they have one win. Uh, playing Duke, uh, the over-under was – I locked in at 57. Now it's 57 and a half. Uh, both these teams are awful. Uh, Kansas averages 15.3 game. Duke averages 34.3 game. Defenses are not great either, but their offenses are putrid. I'm going under. Shocker, lots with an under here, and that is minus 108. So you get a couple of uh, couple of points there on the under. Uh, Beef, your first pick. All right, so I'm going with Coastal Carolina and UMass. The over-under that I locked it in at was 66, and I'm actually going with the over, and here's why. 
I actually did a little research. If you write it down, September, whatever day it is. Uh, Here's Fred Sanford. I should have the Fred Sanford. <laughs> U- UMass started the season, and they are the, they're the worst team in the country. I want to see Kansas versus UMass. But um, UMass started the season losing big to BC, scored seven points, but finally got their offense together in weeks two and three and scored 28 points each. So I'm thinking that they're going to score 28 points because I'm an optimist. So that means that all that Coastal has to score is 38. And I have faith in Grayson McCall and that offense to score more than 38. So I'm going over 66 points. Okay, Coastal, UMass, over 66. That's also a minus 108. So you boys are getting the best of the big there. All right, my second pick, and it just happens to be on a Friday night, so I'll I'll have two in the in the bank. In the bag, Friday, yeah. <laughs> by Friday evening, I did not even know this was a Friday game until I uh, looked a little closer. Hey guys, guess which team in America has the most passes of twenty yards or more this year? It ain't closing. <laughs> it's the no. University of Virginia. Now they wow. lost to North Carolina last week by twenty points, uh, but. I figure they're going to be on the rebound. They can't afford to lose another conference game. And also, Wake Forest, who uh, Virginia's playing, is getting a lot of credit for beating Old Dominion, Norfolk State, and 0-3 Florida State. So I am going to take Virginia and give the four points to Wake Forest. I think they're going to score in the 40s. I think Wake Forest will score. The danger here is uh, Virginia gave up like 6 million rushing yards last year. Mm, and the last, danger, week. Uh, last week. And the danger is that <clears throat> Wake Forest will hold on to the ball uh, and not let, uh, not let Virginia uh, possess the ball, matriculate the ball downfield and score any points. But I, I trust in Virginia at home. I think Wake Forest is overrated. You know, as I said, beating Old Dominion, Norfolk State, and, and Florida State. And I, I think Norfolk State might be the best of those three. So Virginia minus four, and that is minus 110. Mr. Locks, you're up. Uh, second marquee matchup for this guy. Uh, I have uh, – and this actually is uh, – I'm going UCLA versus Stanford. Uh, going with their over-under, which I locked in at 60. Uh, now it's at 58 and a half, so it's trending down uh, a point and a half, which isn't too much. Um, just looking at the averages, West Coast also offense. Uh, Stanford's actually been playing some pretty good ball, man. Uh, they're averaging about 30 points a game. UCLA, UCLA averages over 40. Both of them give up 25-plus a game. I'm going to have to go over here. Just to just to guess, uh, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. You know, I you know, I, Marty, I don't did I even say how much I was putting on the first game? Oh, I, didn't oh, yeah. I forgot oh. about that whole part, didn't we? Me too. Me too. Me three. Yeah. Um, for that for the toilet bowl game one, feel really good about that one. Put me down for nine hundred. Oof. That's right. Slugo bucks. Okay. And, and, for, this, this and for, for this marquee matchup, the star of my board, uh, I'm going to go 1,000 on this one, too. Locks trying to get out of second place. All right. And Beef, on your uh, – Do 500 for Coastal and UMass on the over. Okay. And my second pick is actually going to be the pride of New Jersey, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights in their <laughs> first – 
John first, Chancy <laughs> called it. Their first the Big Ten. I can't. I have. I have my sheet up on the screen, so I can't see the comments. But I'm picking uh, Rutgers over under. I locked it in at fifty one and a half. I'm not sure where it is now, but my reasoning behind it is because I truly believe Michigan's going to be able to score more. Rutgers has a good defense, but they've played the likes of Syracuse, De- Delaware, and whoever they played week one that I was – oh, Temple. So I just think that they're going to run into an offense this week that is hot. Michigan scored 63 last week against Northern Illinois. They put up 31 against Washington I think and 47 against Western Michigan, directional Michigan. I think Michigan's offense can score. I think Harbaugh's got that offense trending in the right direction. I do think Rutgers will get a couple points on the board, and I don't think it's going to be much for Harbaugh to score. Harbaugh to score in the 40s. So I think I'm going over, whereas this is a change from where I thought before the show. Um, and I'm going to go with 500 Sluggo Bucks. 500 Conservative, because I could get rid of all of my bucks this week. <laughs> but that wouldn't be fun. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, just to make sure, Locks, your uh, the over is minus one twelve on UCLA Stanford, minus one one oh eight. The under is minus one oh eight on Duke in Kansas. That'd be a good basketball total and and a game. And uh, beef, it's minus one oh nine for Rutgers and Michigan. Awesome. And back back to my Virginia, it's minus one ten. I'm gonna go five hundred and fifty sluggo bucks on that. All right. My third and well, let's catch up on the comments first. Uh, Trey Kennedy said Clemson would have lost to a And if Trevor would have stayed in the game his freshman year. Kelly Bryant was a more effective quarterback. I agree with that. He's right. I don't know. I don't know if they'd have lost, but Kelly was the most effective quarterback. Not sure we should judge DJ just yet. Ninety-two percent of the offensive production left after last season. Uh, that's points. great points. Great points, Trey. Thanks for that. And, and uh, don't recognize the name, so thanks for joining the show, Trey. Appreciate you. Stop by often. John Chancey says, will Beef take Rutgers and the points? Uh, you did the over-under, but we knew Rutgers was, we knew Rutgers was coming point. at some point. Right? I couldn't do the points. I, I looked at them hard. Yeah, it was it was a little too – number was a little too big, and I'm yeah. not sure I trust Rutgers' offense quite yet. All right. My, final, my third and final pick tonight, Clemson NC State over-under of 47. I am going – no surprise here. I'm going to take the under. Uh, it's minus uh, 108. So, if you, uh, if you, with the over under at 47, the projected score is 28.5 to 18.5, make up the 10 point spread when I did my analysis. Let me ask you do we really think Clemson is going to score 28 points on Saturday, 28 or 29? Um, If not, which I don't think they do, that means NC State's going to have to score. 19 or more. Do we think NC State is going to score 19 or more on Clemson? I don't I, I don't see either team approaching those numbers. I think this is a 21 to 17 type game. Who knows who wins? Uh, maybe even 17 to 13, so 20 to 16, somewhere in there. I don't see either team approaching 28 or 19 points. Now, as I said last week, if there's a uh, – uh, a defensive touchdown, I'm in trouble here, but that kind of goes for most over-unders except for Clemson, Georgia Tech, obviously. Uh, so I'm going to take the under here. Uh, and as I said, that's minus 108. And I'm going to do something. I'm going to put a 1,000 slugger. Oh, he's in, beef. Oh, he's in. 
A thousand slug old bucks. We lured him into our web. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I knew that was coming. Sucked um, him in. But I'm pretty confident. And here's how I bet. You know, you guys bet the over-under and what time the games are played. I bet on if I'm wrong on this and Clemson scores 50 and I lose, I'm you even win. happier. <laughs> I'm even happier. All right, Locks, your third and final bet, and this one's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, this uh, we we've dug deep here, boys, uh, deep uh, <laughs> all the way into Miami of Ohio versus Army, <laughs> and I really don't even know how I found it, quite honestly. <laughs> and and even more confusing is is I was looking at at the stats before the show. I was trying to figure out how much to to, to put on it and everything. Uh, I locked it in at fifty three for the over under. It's now down to 48 and a half. So it's moved four and a half points down, which is baffling to me because I was going to pick the over, but now I have to pick the under, right? I mean, it's just, I, I don't know anything about these teams. I, I just, I think Army's offense is going to run all over them, but at the same time, maybe Mike Ohio has a little bit of a defense. I, just give me the under. I have no clue and just make it only 300 because I'm baffled right now. All right, 300. Really good analysis. I'm here to help. (laughs) And uh, that that is some beef analysis right there. If if I've ever heard it. He's stealing your your material there, Beef. That's right. Beef, third place earned you the honor of having the final pick of the evening. (laughs) I'm not used to this. You know, all season long I've been towards the top. So uh, this is new for me. Um, My third and final game is – Clemson and minus 12 against NC State. Yes, Clemson people, it is now minus 10. I locked it in at 12 because I'm a moron. Uh, <laughs> it happened in an hour and a half. <laughs> within, yeah, literally, I wanted, to get, I wanted to get it in. I saw 12. I'm one of those Clemson fans that likes to believe that they're going to be able to remedy all their problems within a week. I understand <laughs> that that may not be true. However, like Marty said, I trust this defense. Uh, significantly, exponentially, in, in five other 50-cent words. And I think that Clemson, all they need to score is three or four touchdowns in order to cover this 12-point 12, 12 spread. So I, I would have jumped all over the 10 had I waited an hour. Uh, but it's at, I have it at 12. I'm going to go five. I'm going to keep it simple this week. I'm going 500 Sluggo Bucks on Clemson minus 12. I just have faith in that offense. I have faith in Dabo and Tony Elliott, and I think they'll get it together. This week, especially against Dave Doran. No laptop gate. Beef, not only did you lock it in at 12, you're paying a premium as that's minus 113 uh, at the book that I checked this afternoon. Okay, here we go. Rundown. Marty, Appalachian State, minus 290 for 580 Sluggo Bucks. Virginia, minus 4, minus 110, 550 Sluggo Bucks. And Clemson, NC State, under 47 for 1,000 Sluggo Bucks. Beef locked in Clemson very smartly early in the week, minus 12, at <laughs> minus 113 for 500 Sluggo Bucks. Coastal UMass, over 66, minus 108 for 500 Sluggo Bucks. Michigan Rutgers, over 51 and a half for 500 Sluggo Bucks. Zach Locks Parker, Duke, Kansas. Uh, <laughs> Tune in. Under 57, minus 108 for 900 Sluggo Bucks. UCLA, Stanford, over 
60 for uh, minus 112 for 1,000 Slugo Bucks. Army, I'm sorry, Army, <laughs> Army of Ohio under uh, 53 for 300 Slugo Bucks. Hey, I'm laughing, but it all pays the same, right? If this is yep. actual, it, it doesn't matter who you bet on. It all nope. pays the same. One thing, uh, fellas, I almost forgot is when I – we have had – we played this game for three weeks. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of trash talk back and forth. Um, for three weeks, all of us have been first one week, all of us have been second one week, all of us have been third one week. So we all know what it's like being at the top, in the middle, at the bottom of the standings. But I was so excited – that I'm in first place for the first time this year. It was the last of the three of us to be in first place. I I record a little speech that I wanted you guys to hear, and it, it's heartfelt and a full of emotion. And so bear with me. Now, okay. this is a this is going to dry out the show a little bit, but I wanted you guys to hear this from my heart. I'm the man. <laughs> so uh, and that's it. That took me like nine seconds to put together, but it's really heartfelt. And um, I thought it was important you guys know that that's coming from my heart. I appreciate that heartfelt. Yeah. So self-deprecating. In case you – I'm the man. Now, next week, I'll probably be I'm the loser. (laughs) For this week, I'm the man. Doesn't happen often. uh, So – I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Hey, guys, are you guys chopping beef tomorrow? We are tentatively scheduled to chop and beef tomorrow. Yes, sir. All right. Cool. What you going to talk about? I don't know. I haven't put it together yet. And uh, my co-hosts are, are slugs. Yeah, there's definitely a Taco Bell comment in there. All segment. Right. Segment. We got nothing yet. Send it out on social media. And I'll yes, be sir. happy to spread the word to my three followers. All right. <laughs> Beef, close this thing up. Zach Locks Parker, it's always good to see you. Uh, I'll expect a lot of text tomorrow night and Friday. I got games <laughs> on both nights. I could be wake up Saturday morning 2-0, and or I could wake up 0-2. But uh, let's prefer to think 2-0. and It's good to see you. Beef, wrap this puppy up for me. Yeah, and before I get into my out. before I get into my closing spiel, I want to make sure that everyone knows, because Marty doesn't do any self, <clears throat> you know, put it, seldomusereserve.com is the place to go for great articles that maybe you don't see, you won't see them anywhere else. Uh, I love all of our partners that we talk to, especially JP and all this, the Tiger Nets and all of them, uh, Tiger Illustrated and SI.com. But we're doing a kind of a little different. So check it out, seldomusereserve.com. All the podcasts are on there. To end this mess, thanks to everyone in the Facebook group, especially Nelson Wilhite for all his help and support. If he hears it's on his biking trail around the universe, John Chansey for all his work on SeldomUseReserve.com. Everyone on SeldomUseReserve, Sluggo Podcast, and each and every one of you who listens, likes, shares, and participates. We really appreciate it. On behalf of Marty Seldom Use Reserve Coleman, Zach Locks Parker, I am Casey the Beef Cregan. Thanks so much for joining us on Sluggo. We'll see you right here next week. Actually, Beef, I forgot about SeldomUseReserve.com, so thanks. Hey, Saturday, 3.30, 8,000 Spurtle commercials coming at you. I think we're done here.